Hi, this is Ann Carlos from Expose, and you're listening to Reliving My Youth. And welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman, and today we're going to focus on one of the most successful girl groups in history, Expose. In a band, everyone has their favorite member, whether it's John or Paul and the Beatles, to Jordan, Joey, Donnie, and the rest, to New Kids on the Block. Well, we're going to talk with my favorite member of Expose today, Ann Curlis. Ann joined the band back in 1986. A year later, they released their self-titled debut album. It was a huge hit, four top ten hits, number one song the seasons change. You know the rest, Point of No Return, Let Me Be The One, Come Go With Me. I had a chance to speak with Anne in the summer about a bunch of different topics, her joining the band, her musical influences, the band taking a hiatus. They had to go to court to fight for the name of Expose. They ultimately won the name, naming rights. Before we reminisce with Anne, here's Come Go With Me.
And helping me to live my youth today is Ann Carlos from Expose. Ann, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, so when did you first get the music bug? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I was really young. I was a, a child, and I think this sounds a little corny, so just bear with me, but... <laughs> Um, I was a Girl Scout when I was younger, and I'm all about Girl I love Girl Scouts. It's a great organization. Um, and when I was younger, I went to Girl Scout camp, and I was completely enamored of this woman who was a camp counselor who sang and played guitar when we all sat around the campfire. And I just remember thinking, I want to do that. I want to be that. So... Um, you know, I had a nice little voice. I, I listened to the Beatles as a, as a kid and, and tried to emulate sounds, and I did start playing guitar, uh, took guitar lessons, and um, just kind of continued on my path uh, with music. I've, I've always always loved it. Yeah, my, my daughter is uh, a daisy right now, so she's well on her way to becoming a Girl Scout. <laughs> nice! Yeah. Keep her in it! Oh, totally. Go for, go for the gold! Go for the gold! Yeah, it, it's amazing, because uh, we went to her, like, moving up ceremony from the brownies and it's amazing how many patches these girls get on their on their vests it's crazy it is crazy and i i, I will tell you i have a daughter too and i'm i'm a complete and utter failure uh, uh, about <laughs> putting those patches on the vest so uh, i find these patches kind of strewn about the house that i keep forgetting to iron on what a pain yeah oh, they are because they keep falling off too my wife keeps putting them on with that yeah glue and stuff they I, keep falling off and it's it's, it's I, I terrible. feel her pain i feel her pain exactly i think we should just staple them on or something <laughs> yeah. yeah now you, you mentioned the, the beatles before would you imagine in your wildest dreams that you would like kind of pass the beatles with your debut album having four you know top 10 hits no i, I mean that that part is very surreal and i you know interestingly i never put it together i can still visualize myself um in my house, where I lived in Tucson, Arizona at the time, and I used to dress up in my prettiest dress and pretend that the Beatles were singing to me, um, as many young girls do, you know, when songs come on the radio. Um, of course, they were a huge sensation, but kind of giving away how, how, how long ago that was. Right. <laughs> but no, I could never have imagined as a young child that I would then be in a group that would... Um, have such a, an amazing first album that that uh, that has that kind of status. Right. And how did you get involved with the group? Because I know it was around maybe for like two years before you got involved with it. Um, yeah. Well, I was going to the University of Miami uh, studying music, and actually graduated with what they call a music at the time is a music merchandising degree. I think it's now uh, music industry or something else, but. Essentially, it was a combination between being a music major and a minor in business. And all during the time that I was at University of Miami, I was in local bands, uh, cover bands, and met a songwriter who knew another producer. And uh, I was introduced to the producer of the of the group at that time, and just got into the group. Not have, believe me, having no idea or intention that it would be 31 years later and I'd still be talking about <laughs> expose. Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy cuz that first that first album, I mean, all those hits, I mean, it stands up today. 
you know, amazing, and like your second album as well. Uh, did you, uh, you already said that you can't imagine being 30 years, but that people still come out to see you guys, you know, regularly and, you know, sing and dance and bring their kids to perf- to see you guys perform? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, it's, it's interesting because, of course, we did a lot of touring when the group first came out with the, the first album and, um, you know, we were on a 40-city tour and then after that just pretty toured relentlessly. Uh, and then we took a break. And I, I feel as though now that we're older, we're more mature, when we perform and we see fans, which we try to we try to uh, meet fans, uh, you know, at the end of the show, I think it's a sweeter experience now because, um, first of all, we realize that these people are, are coming to see the show. They have choices. They could do all kinds of things, but they've chosen to see us. And one of the things we did at the last show in, in Napa Valley, we, we were at a fair, and I said, you know, I want to meet you all come back and, and see us after the show and let us know what your favorite expose story is. So people of all ages come up and say, you know, I remember playing this song and I met my wife. And, you know, it's just it's, it's so awesome that we have the opportunity to interact with fans. And after so many years, they're still compelled to see us. Right. I, I can tell you my... my uh expose story i was in summer yeah, camp story, no. yeah i was in summer camp it was 1987 and mm-hmm. uh we had a uh, lip sync contest so we're trying to figure out what song to perform and you know everyone had you know their choices you know and i, I was i thought a little bit out of the box i'm like let's do expose let's do point of no return <laughs> and you know what and it's like everyone's like you kind of like laughed at me a little bit so i'm in the, i'm in the bunk and i'm lip singing the song to everybody they're hysterical like cracking up we ended up doing it in the competition <laughs> oh i love it now which one were you i'm kidding <laughs> uh, yeah i mean we 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 didn't, we, we didn't dress up or anything like that we you know and it was about 10 of us that did it so we each got you know a part so to can we all kind of went down the line to you know to do a verse it, it, it was very very funny but we didn't win but it was it was fun nonetheless. <laughs> oh wow, must have been rigged. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, because one of my my favorite stories, and I hear this over and over, is when uh, women that are you know in their forties, let's say, come up and say, oh "My God, you don't know. I used to get together with my girlfriends, and we would all dress up, and we would each be one of you, and we." perform your songs, I was the blonde one, and <laughs> my girlfriend was the one with the curly hair, you know, so I, just to imagine that we were part of somebody's childhood, it's kind of wild. And it's crazy, because you mentioned the Beatles before, and everyone had their favorite Beatle, so I'm like, and it must be surreal to you, like, watching the Beatles, and now having fans come up to you saying, oh, you're my favorite, and I, I dressed up like this, and that, and had the hair, I mean, that's got to be crazy. Now, 
you guys, like, unfortunately, your your label dropped you, and you kind of disbanded for you know a few years. What did um, what did you do during that time? Well, well, I, I you know, unfortunately or fortunately, I feel like life life goes as it's supposed to go, and um, you know, getting off the road meant kind of rediscovering our personal lives and uh, figuring out who we are as individuals. Um, uh, yeah, and, and so I, in the interim, got married and um, had children. So that was obviously an important chapter, and now I'm, I'm glad that I obviously have my kids and my husband, and now I do this crazy thing called expose. Uh, so I've combined the two, and it's, it's been a great, been a great uh, combination. And the relationship between you and Julia and Jeanette, I'm sh- is it, like, I'm sure better than ever now as opposed to when it was, you know, in the late 80s? Yeah, we are actually very close. I consider them um, two of my closest friends, and it's an interesting, delicate balance, as you might imagine, because we are good friends, but we're also business partners, and we have to make some hard decisions about uh, shows that we perform or the direction of the group. And uh, sometimes we disagree, but we disagree respectfully. So um, I, I have to say when we get together, I just have a blast. I mean, if it looks like we're having fun on stage, it's because you are. we're really having fun on stage. <laughs> we, just, we just love it. We enjoy, I mean, I love going out to dinner with them and laughing. And I mean, we laugh till we cry. It's just, it's kind of ridiculous. That's that's great. Now you guys had a had a fight to uh, to get the name Exposé, right? We did, and that that actually brought us even closer together. So we um, we did get sued for copyright uh, a trademark infringement, and it was really a case that should have been dismissed. But I think it was spurred on by the fact that um, we were the group and the judges that would normally dismiss this. I think they were just kind of interested to see what we looked like. And right. so we were sued in the um, a federal, it was a federal lawsuit in the southern state of, or the southern district of Florida. So we were in Miami uh, and we went before a judge and went through a trial, which is absolutely crazy when you think about it. Right. Um, but because civil cases, so many of them are dismissed. Uh, but we, we went through, and we did want, uh, win the right to the trademark expose, uh, which was quickly appealed, and then we won on appeal. Well, that's, I mean, that's great. Uh, now, because the band, I mean, the band's not like, say, Menudo, when there's revolving, you know, door of performers. I mean, it's basically the three or four of you that, you know, were the band. Right, and of course we made that very clear that we're not uh, interchangeable. Um, the other side uh, wanted to make, uh, made it seem like you know anybody could be expose. So they kind of liked that Menudo model, uh, you know, asserting that. Well, at one point, unfortunately, their lawyer said, "And um, Vogue could be expose." And now imagine it's an African American white. Uh, a woman, I mean, an African-American female judge hearing from this, you know, lawyer uh, in Vogue, the girls from En Vogue could be expose. There's a problem here. Yeah. So 
she really sided with us based on consumer confusion. Um, understanding that the three of us really were connected to the, the name Exposé and that interchanging us and, and having somebody from En Vogue be a member of Exposé would be confusing to the public. Yeah, and it would just make no sense either. <laughs> no, it would, it would make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, had like back you know, in the late 80s when the first album came out or you're getting ready to release it, did producers, do you guys internally decide who was going to sing you know, which songs? Um, it was really, yeah, no. It, uh, the first album was, uh, it was a producer, and I, I came on board uh, very late. So he kind of, um, you know, knew Jeanette and Joya's voice. And by the time I came on board, uh, you know, it was just, just kind of a couple songs left. So, uh yeah, I mean, that's just, you sort of have to let the chips fall as they may. And I am a huge fan of Jeanette's voice and of Joy's voice. And, and I think the character of their voice really matches well with the, with the songs. So for me personally, the third album was, uh, you know, an opportunity for me to be able to, to sing more songs. And, uh, and I, I love that opportunity. And we do some fun stuff live as well. So... You know, one of the, the hallmarks of the group is that we're all three lead singers, and uh, I, I didn't sign up to be a background singer, so right. we do have the opportunity to, to kind of showcase our own voices, and, and we're all different from one another uh, in, in the way that we approach songs and our, the timbre of our voices as well. Now, do you guys have any plans to come back to uh, New York to perform? You know, it's funny. Most of our shows are West Coast, as you probably see. Right. Um, and if we are on the East Coast, we're likely going to be in Florida. Uh, New York is a very different market, and uh, I, I, we don't have many promoters that we connect with here in this area. So I'm not sure. The answer is I don't know. Right. <laughs> When we're coming back to New York, I, I don't know. Right. Now, I've spoken to different artists and who mainly perform, like, overseas and, you know, Europe, and it's hard for them to come here because it's mainly financial. You know, they, they try to get involved in, like, those festivals to come here to kind of split their costs. Is that why some of, some of, like, those freestyle events you get involved with rather than just, you know, headlining your own tour? Uh, well, the freestyle shows that we do are, we work very closely with one promoter okay. who uh, uh, who is very, very successful, mostly on the West Coast. Um, and I know that's the model, too, on the East Coast. I, I just think that they think that fans really want to see multiple acts. So um, the upside is that you get to see a lot of different acts. The downside is you may want to see more of that one act, but you're only going to get, you know, 25 minutes. So... The freestyle shows seem to be, um, that seems to be the model that they use. But when we do fairs, like you had mentioned, uh, or casinos, it's it's just us. And sometimes we bring our band with us. That's great. I mean, maybe it seems like having these, you know, freestyle, um, you know, multi-act concerts, just the way the world is now, kind of having a Spotify playlist with a short attention span, you know, people can only deal with three songs per artist or something. (laughs) I think we are so 
used to, you know, wanting things to be changed up. Um, I actually just went to a show in Long Island, and it was with, it was called the Retro, uh, I think it was the, not Retro, uh, 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 especially with an R, I'm forgetting now. Uh, it was Taylor. Oh, oh, yeah, Taylor Dane, Billy Ocean. Yes, what was the name of that? Oh, uh, um. Uh, not Rewind, Retro. Is it Regeneration uh, or something? Yeah, no, I, I know. It's it's a lot different having a, a CD or, you know, cassette in your hand than having just a phone kind of just swiping, looking for the next song. But but uh, Westbury Music Fair is a great place to see a show. It is. Yeah. yeah. I, I've seen a bunch there. Uh, even, like, I saw Debbie Gibson and Tiffany headline, co-headline a show there once <laughs> together. Great. Yeah, it was a, a lot of fun. But hopefully uh, you... Tiffany is fantastic, by the way. She's a great singer. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely is. Uh, hopefully you guys can... Headline there, uh, hopefully sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, you guys planning on releasing any music soon? We are. I think we're we're gearing up to get something out after the first of the year, um, because we have been speaking about getting back in the studio, working on some songs. We are all writers, um, although I think that we would be open to other people's songs as well. So, yeah, that's definitely on the agenda. We're, we're kind of geographically challenged, but uh, I think we'll come together and make that happen. Yeah. So are you based in the New York area now? I'm in the New York area, yes. Oh, okay, great. And I'm sure uh, Jeanette and Joy are, like, s- separate as well, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Different areas. Okay. Well, Anne, thanks for a few minutes. I really appreci- appreciate it, and hopefully we'll see you soon, and we'll look forward to your music next year. Absolutely. Thank you so much. There were stars out in the night That never seemed to shine And love was there for every heart Seemed every heart but mine That's how it seemed to be Then darling you changed everything Just when I
And that was Ann singing lead on the song In Walk Love from their 1992 album. Special thanks to Ann for joining us today. You can follow Expose on Twitter at expose underscore online. Their website is exposeonline.net. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'd appreciate it. It's at thefirstnoble19. Like the page for Living My Youth on Facebook. Rate and review the show on iTunes. Special thanks to everyone listening today. And be on the lookout for another episode of Reliving My Youth real soon.